Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to all the preachers and teachers that have been giving me a break in the last month, allowing me to kind of just take a little, a little rest from the pulpit. Um, not a rest from much else because there's so much going on, but at least this helps me to keep my sanity, but I'm excited to be back. Amen? And so I, I hope you came expecting a word this morning. Amen? Yeah. All right. He's with it. All right. So I got a quote for you this morning. It comes from G.K. Chesterton. Listen to this. We do not need a church that will move with the world. What we need is a church that will move the world. God's plan for winning the world is the church. No plan B. I don't know why in his sovereignty he would choose us. That, that seems, I, I would have had, if it was me personally, I would have had a plan B. But I'm not God. And he must know something that we don't know. But so that you understand that his plan for winning the world, for reaching the world is you, us. I know that's heavy to start out with, but that's the truth, amen? Okay, so last Sunday, I decided at the last minute, <coughs> I think it was that very morning, I decided the last minute to just take a day off and spend it with my wife. Don't judge me, you guys do that two or three times a month. <laughs> and so my wife and I got dressed and we went to this nice little diner that she likes. Breakfast is her favorite food, so it was around 11-ish, and, and we're pulling into the diner, and what struck me, I had a moment, what struck me is that I grabbed like the last parking spot available in this diner. It's a big diner. And what struck me is how crowded the diner was. You got to understand, my life is in church on, on Sundays at 11. So I don't know what happens outside in the world. I think everybody's still sleeping. I think nobody's moving. I think, you know, I, I, I think everybody on the highway with me in the morning, they're going to church someplace. Because like, why else would you get up on a Sunday? You, you're going to church. I didn't know that a world existed outside of uh, you, you understand? So I was, I'm sitting in the diner like, oh my God, there's hundreds of people here. It's crowded. There's young people, old people, there's fa entire families. I just want to say, what are you doing here? And, and I had just been talking to my wife and some other people that week about how Christians on social media, we've been debating back and forth about reformed theology and Calvinism and Arminianism and, and what church, what thinking is better, who's more right, who's really saved, who's more sanctified. And so, so the church is arguing about who's more saved, more anointed, more relevant, whose worship team is better, who, who's preaching the right things, who's, who's singing the right things, and the diners are more full than our churches.
And I started thinking about the mechanics of that. I said, okay, you know, I, I was a great date that Sunday morning. Uh, I started thinking about, I said, okay, people come to a diner and, and they pretty much, they know what to expect. They, they're usually greeted nicely at the door. They're welcome. They're brought to a special table that's just for them and they're waited on. Amen. People got there earlier to cook food, to serve them, to be prepared to, to, to wait on them and to serve them. And then usually you come hungry. Anybody, right? You, when you go to the diner, you don't go to the diner. You're not hungry. You go to the diner, you come hungry. Say amen. amen. So usually at a diner, you come hungry and you leave full. Right? The, you leave full. Anybody, right? You leave, it's like, man, that, I should have left that last bacon on the table. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, nobody says that. You, you should have eaten it. Maybe the home fries I should have skipped. You come hungry and you leave full. And I thought, all right, so church could be like this. You know, you pretty much know what to expect. You're greeted at the door. You're welcomed and ushered and brought into your own little private space. There's even coffee here. And, 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 and people, people came in before you. You know, you showed up at 11.30, 12 o'clock. But people were here at 9.30, 10 o'clock preparing and, and ready to serve you. And so you're greeted, you're served. And I thought maybe the difference is we don't come hungry. We don't come expecting to eat. Some of us come out of religiosity. I got to come. It's Sunday. I got to go to church. I got to go to church Sunday and my mother get on my case. You know, you're a 50-year-old man, but you know, I got to come Sunday or my mom will still get on my case. Someone said to me the other day, he said, I don't understand how people could come to church for 10 years and nothing's changed. Thus the title of my message. Nothing's changed. And imagine if we came to church hungry and expecting to eat. Let's think for a moment. I know that sounds crazy, but imagine if we came to church hungry to be in his presence, hungry to be with his people, hungry to be in community, hungry to, to, to feel like you belong someplace, hungry to find a place to fit in, hungry to hear from God and be led by God. I mean, hungry for the whole package. You know, when you go to the diner, you're not thinking about one thing. You're thinking about the whole package. He said, I can't wait for the coffee and, and, and for them to keep filling it and keep filling it and keep filling it. Amen. And, and I can't wait. I want the home fried extra crispy please and I want the eggs and the omelet and I want this and and the side of pancakes now I'm not fat but you know I want a side of pancakes just 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 because it's the I want the full thing imagine if we came to church expecting the full thing like I'm hungry for the full thing I'm hungry for the worship I'm hungry for this I'm hungry to just be with God's people I'm hungry to pour out I'm hungry just to be in his presence don't take my plate I'm not finished yet don't bring me the bill. I'm not done. Imagine if we said, I'm not leaving here until I'm full. I'm not leaving until I'm satisfied. I'm not leaving until my hunger's been met. <laughs> you know what that would look like? Revival. You know how you can tell if people are hungry or not? Hungry people ask, what time do those doors open? I want to be there. Yeah, no, but we're practicing. I don't care. I want to be there. What time do the doors open? 
Uh, what time is that place? What time do you get there? Hungry people ask, what time? Uh, people, when you're not so hungry, you ask, what time does this finish? How long, how long are we going to be there? They're going to sing that song again? When you're not hungry, it doesn't matter when you get here. You get here, you walk around, you go to the store two more times. You go to the bathroom another two times. I, I, I bet you never do that in the movies. See, when you're not hungry, you say things like, oh, that's not my favorite song. Oh, I don't like when they do that song. Side note, that's worship that's not for you. This is not a concert. You didn't pay $75 to come in here and sit down and hear your favorite songs. Oh, I don't like when that one preaches. I don't like the way this one, I don't like that one. Hungry people say, listen, I'm trusting God is going to fill me today. And so I'm going to spend myself in worship. I'm going to spend myself in service. I'm going to see if somebody needs me. I'm going to be a help to somebody. I'm going to be a part of this thing. I don't care if the janitor's preaching today. I'm going to get a word from God. Because he's my source. Because I trust him. And, and, and if he could have a donkey speak, then any jackass could get up behind a pulpit and give me a word from God. Anyone. Maybe we don't come hungry. Welcome to the sanctuary for the first time. Those of you that are visiting for the first time, God bless you. I'm not angry. <laughs> really nice person if you get to know me. Maybe we don't come hungry though, family. Maybe in some places it could be the other side. You know, the, the church has been so watered down lately that the church wants to please the world so much they've changed their menu. And so many churches have gone vegan, so they're serving meat substitutes. You know that vegans make a burger now that actually like bleeds, but there's no blood? That describes a lot of, anyway, you know, there's no blood. Whatever it is, I, I sat there and I thought about the spiritual condition of these people in the diner. And I thought, man, churches are sending out missionaries to remote places, to underserved villages, and, and to people who haven't heard the gospel. And I said, who's reaching the diner crowd? Who's reaching all these people here? And so while local churches shuffle the same people back and forth, back and forth, people come here, then they go there, then they come here for a season, and then they go back over there, then they come back over here, and the same people are going to churches and nothing's changed. People leave a church sometimes and they tell me, oh, you know, I'm going over there because that's what I need, and, and hear me, please, I'm not... I'm not uh, against that. I'm not saying this is the only church you have to be in. Listen, there's, that's why God gives us so many beautiful different flavors. And, 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 you know, there's a place where we fit. There's a place where God has for us. So I'm not talking about that. My problem is this. When you get there, when you get to the place that you say you fit, something has to change. Amen? Something has to change. It's not because the seats are more comfortable or they got more air conditioning or more heat. 
in that place. Something has to change. Something should be different in you. All too often, you were gossiping here and you're gossiping over there. Nothing's changed. You weren't doing anything here. You're not doing anything over there. Say it with me. Nothing's changed. You didn't support the church here. You're not supporting the church there. Say it with me. You had a bad attitude here. You got a bad attitude over there. You weren't growing here and you're not going to grow there because nothing's changed. Family, if we're, if we're um, and all the while the world is watching us, this, this is the killer. Because if it was just about us, then whatever, that's on you. That's your responsibility. But it's not just about you. All the while the world is watching us. And they're hearing us talk about each other online and many people won't step foot in our churches because they work with some of us. And so we've become a stumbling block to the world. God help us. Family, if we're discerning the times at all, this is not the time to move with the world. This is not the time to, to, to go church light. And, and, and just, you know, just try to get more people. This is not the time. If we're discerning the times at all with everything that's going on, this is the, 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 the end of the fight, man. This is, you're in the last rounds. It's time to take McGregor out. You know what I'm saying? This is the end. Sorry, that's a boxing reference that nobody, obviously nobody got. But it's, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? We're in the last rounds of this fight. And that goes for every area, family. If something's not changing in you, then you have to change. Stop blaming people. Stop blaming pastors and worship teams and churches. Stop. It's you. It's me. I, t- I own up to me. It's me. If I'm not growing, it's me. If I'm growing too much, it's me. Amen? Still love you. Something has to change. Jesus said, if you're in me and I'm in you, you will bear much fruit. So either Jesus is a liar or we're not in him. <coughs> I read about all these church movements and I'm always, you know, my wife's like, you're always reading. Why are you always into I said, I don't know. I'm on a journey still. I haven't found it. I'm on a journey still. I'm still I still want to know where God wants me. I still want to know where God wants to lead. I still want to know. I, I still, believe it or not, 12 years here preaching. This is sermon 378. I'm still not on autopilot. I still gotta wrestle for every message. I still gotta wrestle and say, God, I don't what I, I don't. Where are we? You, you understand what I'm saying? And so I, I, I'm, re- I'm hearing about all these church movements, all these Christians that are chasing revival. And it makes me cry. These super spirituals, they, they want to be in big places, worshiping for hours, getting hands laid on them, and, and impartations and giggles and, and, and bubble guts. And so, and so after all that fun, they could go back to their regular lives and nothing's changed. See, the problem is we're chasing the wrong thing. Somebody say amen. Because watch this, watch this. This is tweetable. Just in case, you know, you had your things out and you was, 
While we're looking and waiting for the next move of God in our nation, we miss the opportunity to be the next move of God in our nation. When you look up, when you look up revival, the definitions are obvious. There's three or four. I, I looked them up in, in different. In, in Webster, in the, this, it's obvious the definition of revival. The first one is a return to life from death, to be revived. The next one is, it's a return to activity. When there's a revival in something, it's a return to activity. Another one is, this is the spiritual one, it's a return to spiritual concerns. It's an awakening. When there's an awakening, it's called a revival. Listen, those are awesome and we need that, but you know what? We don't have to wait for that. We can walk in that. That's the problem with the lazy church. We don't have to wait for that. We're waiting for something to break out someplace. No, listen, you're a follower of Christ. You've already been called from death to life. So by definition, you're in revival. You want to return to activity? (laughs) Do something. (laughs) Do something. Next week is bring somebody to church. Back to church. Get somebody here. Do something. You're in revival. Say amen. You want an awakening? You want to return to spiritual concerns? The Bible says repent and believe. Repent and believe. And you're in revival. You're in a spiritual awakening. Revival starts with you. But there's another definition that actually scared me. Listen to this. And it makes a lot of sense. There's another definition comes up when you look this up at revival. It says it's an instance of something becoming popular and active or important again. And I think that's the one the church is waiting for. I think we're waiting for a time when serving God is going to be important again. It's going to be popular. And, and that's why we get excited when we hear Justin Bieber went to Hillsong. Oh, my God. Justin Bieber went to Hillsong. Surely Justin Bieber can win the world for Christ. He's so popular. He can, he can, if he, and so we want, we want somebody else to do what we've been called to do. Listen to me. If, if people want to be Christians because Bieber or some basketball player or some football player is a Christian, then they're not going to be Christians. They're going to be Beavers. And we don't need any more Beavers. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist that one. Listen, if you're, waiting for, if you're waiting for the church thing to be popular again, I have a strong word for you today. I read the book. I know the end. This thing is not going to get popular. It never was. It never was. And in the end times, it's not a revival that's promised. It's a great falling away. And here's where I want to start preaching. You love when pastors say that halfway through. And so, and so my message, the word says there's a great falling away coming at the end times. It's not a revival, it's a falling away. The enemy has sold the idea that all we need to do is be spiritual. And that's, why you, that's what we see everywhere today. Everybody's spiritual. Nobody's going to church, but everybody's spiritual. You can believe in whatever you want. Everybody's spiritual. See, the, 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 the disciples and those that walked with Jesus in the beginning, they weren't called Christians. They were called people of the way. I love that. 
They were called people of the way. So, so Jesus told people, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And they hated him for it. They killed him because of it. They killed all of those who followed him because of it. When you tell people today Jesus is the only way, they say you are so arrogant. You're closed-minded. You're brainwashed. You don't know what you're talking about. Jesus, there can't only be one way. There are so many ways. Look at all the religions in the world. You're you're telling me they're all wrong? You're telling me a lot of them? Come on, a lot of them have histories like your Bible. A lot of them have stories and origins like your Bible. Some of them even use your Bible and quote your Bible. Surely, have you heard these arguments? Surely we all serve the same God. It doesn't matter what you call them. You could call them Allah. You could call, it's all, surely it's all the same. We all serve the same God. In the end, we, we all, they all come to God in the end. That is positively, absolutely false. False. Church, study to show yourself approved. Listen, in 2015, there were 1.8 billion Muslims. 24% of the global population, one of the fastest growing religions in the world. That makes you think, what's going on? And so when you, when you study, the, the Quran refers you to the Torah and the gospel. Did you know that? The Quran says Jesus was a prophet. Jesus is in the Quran. The Quran says Jesus was a prophet. And that you have to, obviously if he's a prophet, you got to listen to what he has to say. Obviously if you refer to the Gospels, you got to read them. The Gospels say Jesus is the way. The Gospels says Jesus is the only way. And over and over again, Jesus says, I am the only way. In the book of John alone, he gives us seven I am statements. Listen to this. Seven I am statements. He says in John 6, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the light of the world, John 8. He says, I am the gate and the door, John 10. Whoever whoever enters through me will be saved. He says, I'm the good shepherd, John 10. He lays down his life for his sheep. He says, I am the resurrection and the life, John 11. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14. But no one comes to the Father but through me. He says, I am the vine, John 15. If a man remains in me and I remain in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So if the Quran says, listen to the Gospels and the prophet, but says he's not God in the Gospel of John, he tells us who he is, then it contradicts itself completely and cannot be the word of God. God never gives us the option of reading the scriptures and walking away from them saying Jesus was just a good prophet. Never, You cannot read the Gospel and walk away saying he was just a good prophet. He was a good dude. God used him. Amen. Never. That's not what he says. He says, I am the door. That imagery, I love the imagery. Jesus says, I am the door. So if you picture a house and a door and a house has windows and whatever, he says, I am the door. You have to come through me. Anyone that tries to come in any other way is a thief and a robber. Wow. 
That's beautiful imagery, but that's not the imagery that the people that were reading this in context saw. This is the imagery. This is even cooler. In, in a shepherd had sheep and they kept flocks of sheep. And at night, they would bring sheep into a sheep pen. And, and sometimes those were big buildings, and sometimes it was just a makeshift pen where, where they just circled a bunch of rocks and bushes and rocks and bushes in a circle, and they bring the pen in there, and the opening, let's assume this right here is the opening, this is the opening, the only way to bring the sheep in. They all come in, they fill in the whole space, and then the shepherd at night would lay down across the opening. So that anyone that wants to take out the sheep has to come through the shepherd. So when Jesus says, I am the door, do do you see the imagery? I am the door. Nobody has, they have to, and I'm the shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep. To kill the sheep, you have to kill me. See, we can, we can get progressive as a church and we can be more relevant and we can change things here and there to be more open and secret sensitive, whatever. We can formulate outreach ideas and we can plan events. But when it comes to the scriptures, nothing's changed. When it comes to the truth, nothing's changed. When it comes to salvation, creation, sanctification, nothing's changed. When it comes to the love of God, the word of God, nothing's changed. There's still only one way, only one door, only one creator, only one father. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light for all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. John 1. Listen, I'm going in on this for for a really specific reason. I hate to see people fall away. I hate to see people fall away. I was a youth pastor for 15 years. I have one of my youth just came to visit me from Mount Vernon today. Isn't that amazing? I was a youth for 15 years, a youth pastor for 15 years, and it broke my heart when people fall away. When people fall, there was some some kids, man, I remember we worked with and worked with and worked with and still went to jail. There was kids we tried, we tried, we tried. I was in the courts, I was in the trial, I was fighting detectives to try to just keep them, and but still they got locked up. If it wasn't that time, they did something stupid later on and got caught. And so I hate, it hurts, it breaks my heart when people fall away. As a pastor here for 12 years, it breaks my heart that there were people that were part of the way with us. <coughs> that are no longer in the way. It breaks my heart that people fall away. Those that fall away from the... I hate to see people get pulled into all kinds of deceptions created to lure them away from God. I hate that the enemy uses people to lure others and to lead them into doubt and confusion and unrest. I hate that we let the enemy use us to bring division and disturbance to the people of God. I love when people find their way back. God. I love when people, I had two phone calls in the last two or three weeks of people that were coming back. Not to church, but coming back to God. People that were coming back. Uh, one, one told me, man, I tried everything since I left. I tried everything. 
dark arts, this, that, that new age mysticism. I tried to open my third eye. I tried, a, I, I tried awakening. I tried spirit. I tried it all. Man, there's nothing. I'm empty. I'm broken. I'm disgusted. I'm depressed. I know there's only God. I know it's only in Jesus that, is, that life is found. I love to get those phone calls. It, it hurts me that it takes that long. And I love that when they come back, nothing's changed. It's as if they never left. God's arms are open wide. Amen? God's arms are open wide. See, my, my role as a pastor is to equip the church to do the work of the ministry. And so in order to equip you, I have to warn you. Stop looking for revival in churches. You are the church and revival starts with you. And remember God's plan to win the world is the church. I mean, I just want to take all the chairs out. Like, let's stand. You know what I'm saying? Let's just stand. Let's just come here and be ready. Huddle up, get excited, get some stuff, and go. There's no time to sit around. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 4, Now the Spirit explicitly says that in the later times some will desert the faith and occupy themselves with deceiving spirits and demonic teachings influenced by the hypocrisy of liars whose consciousness are seared. Who's Paul talking about? He's not talking about the world. He's talking about us. He says, in the end times, us, us here, people next to you will be deceived and turn to the doctrines of devils and be led away because one of your cousins is going to say, listen, man, oh, wow, I just opened my third eye and I'm awakened, man. You need to be awake, bro. You don't know you're stuck in that dumb religion, man. You just need to be awake. It's bigger than that. That stupid book, nobody, that's an old book, man. That was written by men. And, and, and somebody's going to hear this, man. And, and, and if we're not informed, if we're not full, if we're not connected, we get lured away. And, and, and Paul is telling Timothy, this is going to happen. Second Timothy, he says, the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. And instead, to suit their own desires, they're going to gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And they're going to turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. He's talking about us. Christians. People of the way. We're going to be led astray because we, we, we're, we're going to give in to the stuff. And, 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 and because sometimes when you come to church, you know, not like today. Today I'm just telling you all this beautiful happy stuff. But sometimes when you come to church, the Holy Spirit will convict you. And you'll sit there angry. And so you'd rather not be angry or uncomfortable because I want to live what I want to do. You can't tell me what to do. Who that pastor think he is? Who that little Cuban think he is? He can come up there and tell me, what, tell me what to do. You can't tell me what to do. I run my life. And the, I, I know those are the arguments that happen right here in these chairs. I see it in some of your faces sometimes. I'll say something and I see it in your face. You go, you can't tell me what to do. You don't know me. You don't know me. (laughs) 
So he's talking about us. We're going to turn away because we don't, want to, we don't want that conviction. We want spirituality, but we don't want conviction. I want, we want a God that's made in our image, not to be made in his image. Anyway. So with everything that's happening in our world today, man, we have to discern and be prepared. And we have to build a foundation of faith that can stand, that won't be shaken. I don't care what category of the storm comes into your life. You have to develop a faith that can't be shaken. Somebody say amen. We, we, can't, we can't keep talking about, oh, I got saved when I was 19. Like that means anything and nothing's changed. Maybe you had an encounter with God when you were 19, but if you got saved, being saved is an active thing, right? The, Paul talks about being saved like this. He says in 1 Corinthians, he said, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. To us that are being saved, it's a, it's a process. It continues to happen. It's action. It's moving. Amen? It didn't happen when you were 19. It's happening now. If it's not happening now, maybe you're not saved. Maybe you're just spiritual. So you could have gone anywhere this morning. Paul says in Philippians 2, My dear friends, as you have always obeyed, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Does that sound like we can just sit back and say, No, nah, it's cool. I said a little prayer at the altar one day. I'm cool. I get high sometimes, but so what? Yeah, you know, I'm sleeping around here and there, but you know, it's not, it doesn't mean nothing. I said a little prayer at the front. So I'm saved. Ephesians 6.13 says, therefore, put on your full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, if you're dressed for revival, you will not survive the battle. I wish I could drop the mic with that one. Does that sound like... Verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Worship team, you guys could come up here so they could have a little hope. With this in mind, be alert and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I want you to hear this admonition today. This is from Jesus in Matthew. In Matthew 24. Listen to this, please. Please, if you, if you ignored everything else, just listen to this. Matthew 24. Halfway finished. Look, Matthew, I'm kidding. This is the end. I'm closing Matthew 24, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and they said, tell us, when will this happen? When, when, when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of this age? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. Listen, listen, press in, press in, wake up. 
Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are merely the beginning of birth pains. As as we're here, there's a cat four, right, coming up through... And, and, and just last week, it was, it was Hurricane Harvey. And, and this week is Hurricane Irma. And behind it is Hurricane Jose. I, I read we're safe from that one because Trump is not going to let him in anyway, so we're good. Um, but there's... Sorry, sorry, sorry. But, there's, but, 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 but listen, but listen, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make light because it's, it's, this is serious. This is serious. This is crazy. Harvey, Irma, Jose, in the middle of that, there was an 8.1 earthquake in Mexico. There's famines everywhere, people, and, 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 and we read these scriptures and we say, come on, man, people have been saying that for years and years and years. And it's true, right? People have been saying that for for a long time. We can look back and see that there have been wars and there have been rumors of wars for a long time. There have been earthquakes and there have been famines and all this stuff has happened before for as long as we can remember. But look, look, this is the key. He, Jesus says, these are the beginning of birth pains. Watch this. He compares the end times with a woman in labor. The beginning of birth pains. So what happens when a woman starts to go into labor? Two things increase, the intensity and the frequency. So the labor pains become more intense and the, contrad- and the contractions come closer and closer until they're right together, until it's the very end, right? Any, amen? And when the pain is the most agonizing and the contractions are almost continuous, Right after one another, then the child is born. Amen? So we've been hearing about wars and wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes. But we've just been hit by Harvey, Irma, an earthquake in Mexico. People are starving all over the world. We're ending wars. We're starting wars. We're hearing rumors of wars with Korea and other countries. When the intensity and the frequency of these events continue to increase, we have to be discerning. It's time for an awakening in the church. The good news is when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to his promises, nothing's changed. His love never fails. While we were yet sinners, while we were yet ungodly, he laid down his life for us. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His grace is sufficient for you and for me. The Lord will fight for you. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. To those whose hope is in the Lord, he renews their strength. 
He says to us, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I'll leave you with that. Be strong and encouraged. Be discerning, but stand your guard. Stay alert. Don't be swayed. Listen, I'm not telling you to don't, don't study, don't investigate. Yeah, by all means, if you, if, you, if you go back and listen to this message and check all those verses I preached, make sure I didn't make them up. What if I lost my mind this last month and I just made all that up? Sad thing is you were amening. Maybe, maybe you didn't even know I was reading from some other book. So I'm not telling you don't research. Don't, I'm not telling you believe the preacher blindly. Believe whatever the church tells you. No. Test it. Stand firm. Equip yourselves. Be ready. The word says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Amen? So next, next week, we're going to invite some people. I, I promise I'll be a little nicer to them. This one was for you. This was boot camp before, before the battle. Next week, next week, I'll be friendly. But we can't be shaken. Amen? Come on, church. Let's stand. Let's worship.
on, if you're ready to stop playing games, just do something different that you've never done before. Get out of your seats, come forward, do what you got to do. Get, spend yourself in worship for the next couple of moments before you leave. Speak to God, have a, have a, just kneel where you are, do whatever you got to do just to, to, to create something. Make a connection with God today. Say, God, your word is true, your word, I, I receive it today, I, I, I receive the, 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 and Father, I just want to walk with you. I just want to, I, I want to be led by you. I want, to, I want you to guide me and lead me and I want you to use me, God. Can, can, if, if that's your prayer today, can you say, God, use me and just, just step out, do something, do something different today. Let revival start in your life today. You need to make a decision for God today. Romans says if you believe with your mouth and you, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you start and then, then there's a salvation happening. Yes, yes, Lord. So come on, let's work this thing out. Let's work it out. Just say, I surrender, I surrender all. Come on. Just change position right now and say, say, I surrender, I surrender all. Maybe somebody can move, somebody got to move today. Say, I
in that same atmosphere, we want to just pray right now that a spiritual hurricane will take control right now. That, Father God, your movement, your hand, your control will take over. That no weatherman can predict, Father God, that no... No, no, nothing that we can prepare for, Father God, but your movement, Lord Jesus, and not ours, Father. We pray right now for your safety over the people that are going through that physical hurricane, Lord Jesus. We pray that there's a, a shift in it, Lord, that it may diminish, Father God, that even the predictions may fall to, uh, to, to shame, Father God, that it will not go forth, Lord Jesus. We protect the homes that cannot be protected, the people that cannot be protected, but we, the, we just come against evacuations, Lord Father God, broken homes, shattered windows, Lord, we rebuke that in Jesus' name, and we pray that your hand, your movement, may be the only movement, Father God, and we pray that your spiritual hurricane may shake up their lives, Lord, and that you may be real, and more real, and more real, in Jesus' name. And we dismiss your people, be safe, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you.